0: Hi this is Drew and I am here with Jessica and this is the little way podcast the podcast where small changes can make big differences Thank you. Hi guys welcome back to the show uh i am glad that you are here listening with us um we have or i have picked out a topic this week that i think um everybody will like but before we get into that we are going to do the weekly whiskey and this week's weekly whiskey is brew Claddock, port charlotte it is an isla whiskey so it is from the island of isla in scotland um and jesse i'm going to ask you how i know i've done this whiskey before but i'm trying uh to uh come up with ways that more people will understand what it tastes like so have you ever been on a wooden pier by the ocean
1: um mm, i guess so does it have to be a wooden pier what about a cruise
0: ship? I, I, I think a cruise ship would work. cruise ship would work because you know what that kind of that salty air smells like. Yeah, um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, and then have you ever smelled like wet wood chip mulch? You know, that kind of wet woody smell? Yeah. Yeah, This is that, that's very what this whiskey smells like. Um, it, it, to me, if you went back in time and we're sailing the ocean on an old wooden ship, this is exactly what that would smell like. It's It's got that saltiness. It's got that wet wood kind of smell. You know, there's that, you know, that brine in there. And, and, and it may sound kind of slightly off-putting, but as you're into wine or know more about wine than I do, you know that some wines really benefit from that nice kind of oaky smell like uh, Chardonnay. The oak can really come through in there.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of like that. And this is actually very much the color of a nice uh, Chardonnay. Oh, very interesting. Yes, um, and that's the interesting thing about scotches that a lot of people don't realize is that they're very light in color. Even though they're very heavy on flavor, typically, um, well, for Isla whiskeys, they're um, very heavy in flavor, but still light in color. And then on the tongue, uh, you get that that briny salt taste, um, the oakiness, some smokiness. Um, there's uh, in Isla whiskeys, it is uh, very common for them to be. Uh, using a a peat-smoked malt in there. So there's some smokiness that comes through. And then also a little bit of uh, fruit sweetness. So it is not a whiskey that is light on the flavor. It is very much a heavy-flavored whiskey. And it's something I wouldn't uh, pick for beginners um, all around because, one, there is the heavy taste, a lot of things to pick through in the taste and then also, it is not the cheapest whiskey in the world, uh, coming in at about uh, 70, 70 to $80, dollars depending on where you buy it and if it's on sale or not. Um, but it is a very enjoyable whiskey. And once uh, somebody is more seasoned uh, in tasting whiskey, it is something that I would definitely recommend.
1: Very interesting. Yeah, you make me want to go sit by the ocean now.
0: You know, you are rather close there. You're well. I mean, we're both fairly close. I mean, I think I'm like hour and a half to two hours away from the ocean. I don't know how far away you are in Arkansas, but
1: yeah, I'm still pretty far away. But I could get there in a day.
0: So this week's topic, now that we have, make a awkward uh, transition, is that it is never too late to start again. And, I don't know, this this topic has kind of been on my mind for a while. And and th- there's two, um, well, a saint and then um, somebody that has been uh, beatified, is that the correct word for somebody that's been called blessed, beatified?
1: Um, yeah, I think so.
0: Okay, because my brain goes fuzzy on all that term- terminology sometimes.
1: Yeah, if they're um, canonized I'm a saint. So, if they're beatified, I think that means they're
0: blessed. I could okay. be terribly wrong, though. But um, well, well, for the sake of argument, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, two. Uh, so, we'll begin with a saint, um, and it's a saint that everybody knows and is really easy to pick on, and that is Saint Paul. Now, Saint Paul was really good at hunting down Christians and he was a Pharisee and he was known for going around hunting down and killing Christians. That's what he did. And he was really good at it. Um, and so for this, you know, being, it's never too late to start again. I mean, Jesus knocked the man off his horse. Um, and said, Paul, why, why are you persecuting me? Why are you doing this? And it luckily was enough that Paul had his conversion and is now, you know, obviously uh, became an apostle and is one of the um, former fathers of the church and one of the very most known leaders of the church. And I just think it's amazing that of all the people in the world that God would choose to work through, it would be him.
1: Yeah, it's definitely ironic, but it tells a really good story and is a testament to the power of God in conversion.
0: You know, Paul obviously knew even when he was still Saul um knew Jesus very well because you would have to know him well to be able to track down his followers you'd have to know exactly what to look for and you know where are they going to be what you know what are they probably going to be doing um things like that and what are they going to say um You know, he he has to know Jesus very well to be able to hunt down the people that follow him. Um, And I think maybe, possibly, that could be a reason why Paul was chosen to do what he did. Because he knew Jesus so well, it just was a matter of turning him around to the proper side of things.
1: Do you think he ever thought about why he was doing what he was doing? Or do you think he ever had that tinge of guilt before his conversion?
0: You know, I, I think he did. I saw somewhere sometimes, there at one point in time, um, is it, you know, in the book of Acts, when I think it's um, St. Stephen, is um, stoned. And someone theorized that most likely at that time Saul was there and and I think that was probably if he was there the beginning of his conversion and for whatever reason seeing Saint Saint Stephen Stone, Struck with him in a certain way, um, and started to work on his heart.
1: Yeah, i I would think there was some sort of seed planted in his heart. Long, where he gets knocked off his horse.
0: Yeah, and 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 it gets to be a point. I mean, I. I I would imagine that after you're, you know, when, when you're doing such activity and being so violent against other human beings that there has to be a point where you go, what am I doing and why am I doing this? And, you know, who says this is right um, type of thing. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if you have any insights on Saint Paul yourself.
1: I don't. Um, I feel like I, I may be a little lacking in that area. But, um, but no, I don't. I don't have anything um, to expand upon.
0: Well, guess what? It's never too late to start learning about Saint Paul. That's right. Ah. Nice, nice. Um, You know, and I think, too, Paul can be a mirror of a lot of our lives because if you think about it, how many times do we find ourselves um, just doing the wrong things, even though we think we're doing the right things?
1: Yeah. Um, or it, it could be the case where you're doing something wrong, but you're stuck in this situation where it, it almost seems like it would be, I don't know how to say it. Like you're in too deep already. So it's like, you feel like you just have to keep going when the truth is you can turn around, like it's not too late, but for whatever reason, there are some times where it's like, oh gosh, like, I can't, you know, I've, I've been doing this so long, I'm already lost.
0: So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna unleash a uh, pop culture uh, spoiler here. Um, mm-hmm. So have you ever heard of uh, Philip K. Dick's, uh The Man in a High Castle?
1: No, I so never.
0: Okay. So, it was a story by Philip K. Dick and then was adapted um, by Amazon into a four-season uh, series. And it takes place after World War II, but the Axis powers had won. And um, the United States is split into two parts. Um, the western part of the United States is controlled by the um, Japanese, and the eastern part of the United States, up to the Rocky Mountains, is controlled by the Germans. And the man that is put in power of the German side of the United States was a United States officer um, in the war. In the in the war, but he agrees to uh, side with the Nazis so that he can, um, so that his family stays safe and so that he uh, can then be in power. And he is promoted to actually being in charge of the, um, you know, the commander of the, what they call the new German Reich, I believe it is, um, or the new American Reich, something like that. Um, And in that process, you know, it was his plan with a few of the other officers that went to side with the Nazis at the end of the war that they would eventually overthrow um, the Nazi powers. But at one point, the, the, this character's name, John Smith, he, he says he doesn't know how to stop what he has put into place through the Nazis. And so he feels powerless to do anything but to keep the current regime going.
1: Right. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, it's like you feel like there's no other option.
0: But, you know, there is always, always the option to do the right thing. Even if, I mean, and, and we are called to do the right thing in all circumstances, even if it is um, at a sacrifice of, you know, our lives or our well-being or, you know, in, in anything you name, you yeah, know, we the, yeah, we are called to do the right thing, um, no matter the cost. And that's, you know, it, and it's a hard thing, you know, sometimes that, you know, that restart of things. It can be very hard, you know. We all we all know it can. You know, I, I'm sure every single one of us can think of points in our lives when we've had to restart things and start again, and it's typically never very easy because like you have to. It, it seems like you are starting at the absolute bottom, and you are nowhere near where you were. Yeah. And, you know, you're you're so absolutely uncomfortable. And it just doesn't seem like this was the right choice to make. Um, but you have to remember, you know, we we talked about this a few episodes ago that we were we were not called to success, but we were called to obedience.
1: Right, and and back to how hard it is. Like, um, you know, I've heard some people describe it like it it feels like death like it feels as hard as facing death but Jesus actually calls us to lay down our lives and to pick up our cross every day so it's but it's one of those things where you have to pass through the hard part to get to the good stuff on the other side
0: exactly
1: and And, go ahead oh and and you know with that same um analogy is you know you you have to die in order to be born again Mm -hmm. exactly
0: and and i'd imagine you've tried to learn and succeeded at learning new skills now in your adult life correct oh yeah for sure okay so it's really hard when you're getting started, right?
1: Yeah, it just, it kind of, well, yeah, they talk about the J-curve, you know, like you start something and then you get worse and then you eventually get better, but you're going to, it's going to get worse before it gets better.
0: Yeah, okay, nah, all right, I, I never heard it in, in that, uh, the J-curve in that, I've never heard of that before, so. I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. You know, with me being, um, I was, you know, I majored in business. I'm really surprised I did not ever hear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, you know, like, you know, if, yeah, let's take a really complex skill of being a parent. Like, I'm sure you felt absolutely overwhelmed when you became a mother. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm going to bet that it probably still feels like that sometimes.
1: Yeah, well, the thing with kids is they are constantly changing. And so I feel like once you master something in parenting, your kid has moved on to the next stage of development. And then it's like these new things crop up. And it's really like a moving target, quite honestly.
0: No, so you just got to give it that proper lead so you can hit it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's hard to do too, speaking from, you know, trying to hit clay pigeons. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And so, You know, there's, you know, with any new skill that you learn, yeah, it's going to be hard, you know, when you first learn it. But, you know, being inadequate at something and sticking with it is the first step to becoming great. Because how it, when you first start like intensively praying or you know staying up for that late night adoration hour, it's gonna be tough. And it is a new thing. It's gonna be tough. And you you are making sacrifices of self to do that new thing. And it's gonna it's gonna be hard. Um, but the end reward is far and away better than the beginning stages of not being very good at something. So, before we get too much tangent here, I'd like to introduce um, the other, is the beatified person, and that is Blessed Bartolo Longo. And I know I, I mentioned him before we got started. This is not a, a, a person that you had heard of before. But Bartolo Longo was an Italian man. He was born into a Catholic family. Uh, went off to college, got involved with some revolutionaries, I believe. And turned into
1: a satanic
0: priest. That just blows my mind. Yes, yeah. A satanic priest. So about as far from God as you could possibly get. So luckily, though, Bartolo converted back to being a Catholic and became a priest Uh, became a champion of the rosary, and then eventually by St. Pope John Paul II uh, was beatified and is now blessed Bartolo Longo. So I, 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 I can't really think of a person that is more evident of it is not too late to start again. It is never too late. Because if you are preaching the works of Satan, you are obviously investing in a culture of death. Uh, You are not at all concerned with anything the Catholic Church says except to refute it. Um, And you are going to be pretty adamantly against um, anybody speaking on behalf of the Catholic Church.
1: Yeah, it's really inspiring. Like, with that story, really no one has any excuses
0: Yeah, um, I don't know if you know who the musician Andy Minio is. No, I have no idea. So Andy Minio is a Christian rapper. He is on the label Reach Records, and he has a song uh, called um, "Oh Gosh." Say less. It's called "Say Less," and in in the chorus, one of the lines is, um, "You have done way more with way less," and I guess that kind of brings to mind um, Blessed Bertola, because you know, here I am. I'm just kind of, you know, I don't follow Satan, obviously, and you know, I I, I want to know Jesus, and I just fall short of my mark sometimes. Exactly. But, you know, here's 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 Blessed Bertolo, you know, preaching the works of Satan. And God comes along and the Holy Spirit says, hey, you're not going to be doing this anymore. And Bertolo has a change of heart and, you know, feels deeply sorry for what he has done and becomes a priest and becomes a champion of the rosary you know so defending our mother and reaching for jesus through our mother you know i i don't think there is much less of a person that god could have chosen to call
1: yeah i mean i would say the you know like the the common christian who's just walking through life is probably you know maybe in the mediocre range but someone who is a priest is you know that's that most people would say he's too far he's already oh, yeah. walking dead essentially
0: yeah i mean they have rejected christ and why why waste your time and effort on that when you could get an easier win somewhere else but that is really kind of a human way of thinking about things Um, and I I, I think as humans that's the most confounding thing about God is that God does not think like a human Um, he sees everybody as a possible win. And he wants to win. With everybody. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why Jesus. Died on the cross. And rose again. Because it is possible. For everybody. To win. We just have to accept it.
1: Yeah. You know he's. He says, you know, the shepherd would leave the 100 or the 99 to go to save him. And that kind of reminds me of that, that parable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell an interesting thing that I heard and this is, this is through hearing this through uh, Taylor Stroll. So, I haven't done a super amount of research to know if this is true or not, but in biblical times with the shepherds, when a sheep would consistently walk off, they would always go find it because they didn't want to have any less sheep. That was their livelihood. They can could not afford to lose even one sheep. So... You know how there's pictures depicting uh, a shepherd having the the sheep or the lamb um, across their shoulders and, like, around the back of their neck?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you know why they did that? Uh, No, I have no idea. This is kind of horrific, but they broke the sheep's legs. Oh. So the sheep could not wander off anymore. Wow. So <laughs> righty then. All right, so knowing this, that's when that sheep was then healed, guess what would happen? I don't
1: think it would run off ever again.
0: That sheep would never leave its masters ever, ever, ever again. So, sometimes, Through starting again, because we get silly and we decide to wander off. God decides to give us this chance to start again. And it can kind of be like having our legs broken.
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: You know, so we have to cling to the father because if we are wise and we recognize the chances that we are infinitely given while we are alive, we need to cling to the father and never leave his side again, because that is where we are 100% safe and 100% saved. And I know it's not the 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 loving thing that we expect, you know, out of the image of the shepherd. Um, but it's a reality of what would happen back then,
1: well, uh, one of the th- i I can't remember where I heard it, but I think it was I think it was Bishop. Uh, Um, Baron. Uh, yeah, Bishop Baron. He was talking about how the shepherds back then. You, you know, he he said, "Don't be romanticized by your image of a shepherd." He said back then, shepherds were kind of like this the the low lives of society. They were yeah, often like criminals or. You know, castaways, they were, they were not the precious moments, figurines that we have pictured in our heads. They were, they were
0: were basically
1: like, yeah, very scummy, trashy people,
0: you know, and the more you think about it, the more that parallels why Jesus came for us and why Jesus is called the good shepherd. Because there's scummy, trashy parts of all of us. And he accepted all of us, despite our scummy, trashy parts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he gave us what I like to call the best escape plan that has ever existed and that will ever exist we just have to be smart enough to grab the keys that's right yeah you know, cuz we can be we can be looking at that that locked door and have that key in our hand but, just, but we don't know what's out there. We have no idea what's out there. I don't want to go out there. I know what's in this room. And I can deal with what's in this room. But I don't know what's out there. And that's scary for me. So I don't want to do it. Even though they say it's freedom, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and same thing with the Israelites wandering through the desert. And when they didn't have food, not trusting in God, they go, well, let's just go back to Egypt. At least we had food there. (laughs) Yeah, and at least you had certain death there as well.
1: Yeah, I think they just forgot how bad it really was.
0: You know, and it's easy to do that when we can see that next step. And we know we should take it. And we know it's going to be hard, but we know we should take that step. But we're comfortable where we are. And we don't want to make that new start. You know, was was it an easy decision for you to move to Arkansas? Oh, my goodness. No, that was not easy. But you have community there now.
1: Yeah.
0: And you have your home homestead up there now that you've had for how many years now? Six years. Six years. And would you... Would you have imagined that when you first moved there? No, it was so hard to imagine. So taking a new start and doing the hard choice is gonna be typically the better thing to do.
1: Yeah, uh, one of my podcasts this week said something to the effect of, "If you're afraid to do it, it's probably something you should be doing."
0: (laughs) Yep. I mean, that's that's a good gauge right there. I mean, it's Yeah, it's it's usually a good gauge. Um, If it if if it doesn't seem ridiculous but you're not afraid but you're afraid to do it it's probably something you should do
1: but there's also a peace that comes with it like you can have a peace but also
0: be at the same time yeah yeah and, and peace is a weird thing like that you know we we often at least in the united states associate peace with, you know, I'm totally content, I'm totally calm, you know, I... You know, nothing's bothering me right now type of feeling. And while that is a form of peace, it's not the totality of peace.
1: Yeah, they're not mutually
0: exclusive Because... I I have to meet, like, you know, I have to meet constant sales goals, and it can be a little bit daunting and challenging. And sometimes, you know, I don't want to keep doing it because I'm afraid that I won't make it, type of thing. But I'm okay with having to fight to get to that goal, and you know, ha- having challenging myself. And, you know, bringing myself to a challenge, I'm not always going to be calm and I'm not always going to be rested. You know, it's going to be work and it's going to be hard. But I'm okay with that because I know that's what I should be doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's like you're, you're okay with it, but it's doesn't, it doesn't discomfort away.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I recently learned how to drive a manual transmission because I got a Jeep with a manual. I've never owned a vehicle with a manual transmission before. I've driven a manual transmission three times in my life before that, like three individual times. Um, yeah. So oh having that as my daily vehicle it was a little daunting at first. And it was a little bit scary. And I was nervous about it because I didn't want to break the Jeep, which if you break a Jeep you're doing something really 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 wrong. Um, and you know I I didn't want to get in an accident, you know all these things. But now that I've been doing it for three weeks. I love driving a manual transmission. And I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I actually do.
1: Yeah, like the reality exceeded your expectation.
0: Yeah, I mean, and so much to the point, now I get in my work truck and I think... This needs a manual transmission. <laughs> it's missing. It's not complete. So, yeah, you know, starting again, it's a very good, it can be a very good thing. And if you feel like you need to do it, it's not too late. And if you feel in despair and that there is nothing that can save you guess what there is you just have to be open to it mm-hmm. because i know i know in my life i felt that way where i felt in such despair that i thought nothing's going to save me that God wouldn't forgive me, and that I was just going to be damned, and that was the end of it, which couldn't be further from the truth, because Jesus is right there, just waiting for you to say, I need you, please forgive me. That's all it takes is you just have to ask. And it helps if a priest is there because then he can give you absolution. That's always a good thing. Um, But yeah, he Jesus is right there with his arms wide open, saying, I want you. And it's really a sobering thought when you think about it, like the most powerful thing in existence and ever will exist once us
1: yeah, it's it's really hard for me to wrap my head around that.
0: Oh it is oh it's it's such a it's such a big thing. <laughs> it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. but it's the best thing. So, with that, I'm looking at the time that we've been recording, and, and I think it's good we're having these longer episodes on these deeper topics. Um, um, I know I I enjoy talking about them. I don't know about you, but I know I definitely enjoy talking about them.
1: Yeah, I think it's really good. It's important to, you know, slow down and think about some of these deeper things, Um so, it's definitely much more fulfilling than scrolling around on Instagram or Facebook and doing the superficial things. So
0: oh, yes. now, while Instagram and Facebook can be good, and we've touched on that, it can definitely be a trap as well. So yeah, yeah uh, all right, so let's go ahead and wrap her up. Um, we do have that email address. You know that one that goes the little way pod at gmail.com? You know, we still have that? Yeah. Hey, anyone email don't... us yet? I still have not gotten an email. I would love to get an email. Anybody. I don't care if it's my wife emailing that address.
1: <laughs> we need to make sure it works.
0: <laughs> yes, we need to make sure it works. <laughs> For all I know, Google could be just sending away the thousands of messages that people are trying to eagerly send us and just right. been wondering why are those guys such jerks and why don't they, they answer my email that's right <laughs> so yes if, if you would care to email us please do we'd love to hear from you uh, questions comments uh, ideas for future episodes or just to say hi
1: We'd like to hear from you.
0: And with that, we will go ahead and sign off. So remember to stay faithful, stay humble, and that every little change can make a big difference.
1: God bless you guys. Until next time.